0: ladies gentlemen fellas 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 big day today running back tears right it's saturday happy saturday to all of you the saturday before the season starts eight days away from a full slate of games less than a week away really a lot less now at this point thursday this upcoming week until the season starts and we got the big energy we're here with the tears i'm excited for it hopefully you're excited for it and i have a free download as you can see above top 25 running back rankings link below as for the top 25 rankings, I continue to update those. So once Adrian Peterson is out, all my rankings and tiers, everything on the draft guide, which you can get down below for $10 for these final couple of days, thanks to Monkey Knife, Fight, going to make it a third of the price, find out how to do that link down below right now. Now I just want to go over some of the tiers and it's just for this position. So if you want to get the rest of the positions, if you want to get the full tiers updated for any other news, that's going to come out, you can do so down below in the draft guide. So thank you all for being here. This video is probably going to reach a decent amount of people. So if you would take a couple of seconds of your time, like button for me real quickly, subscribe button in the bottom right hand corner, put a big old animated one up on the screen Hopefully you could hit that subscribe button. I would ask you to kindly hit that subscribe button. Helps this channel grow as we crush past 25,000 subscribers. Thank you to each and every one of you. We're going to look at the tiers right now. Now I have 78 running backs, I think, across eight or nine tiers overall ranked. Now we don't got to go all the way down to the guys at the bottom who are like third string players or potentially still some free agents as of my recording of this, guys like DeRay Ogamboale and Adrian Peterson who just got cut. Guys like Devonta Freeman who have still not been signed to a team. Like those guys down there in the low 70s, right? We don't have to go down there. We'll go for like the top 50 players if you want to see all of them. Again, draft guide linked down below all the way down for every single position. And there's some other things in there as well. All the player profiles, all the top one fifties, all the pure rankings and the tiers and all this other stuff, right? Key stats databases. So let's go through it. You'll get to see my rankings along the way. So these are my ranks and they're separated by tiers. If you're not familiar with tier-based drafting or just tiers in general, it's kind of just a break-off, right? So when you're looking at this and you're drafting on the screen right now, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on the podcast, my first tier, and I'll go down through the analysis of these guys, but Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, they're all in their their own tier. I mean, somebody might put McCaffrey in his own tier. That's fine. I have them all in the same tier. It pretty much means that it, there's like a tier break after that. So like if you're at Ezekiel Elliott, who's the third person in my tier one, and now you get to the second tier, now it's start time to look at some other positions. Okay. Are there still guys left in the first tier of wide receiver? And how do those guys pan out? That type of stuff. It's another way to kind of compare players upside and not just by rank. If there's a couple of players that are in tier three or tier four together that we get to, you can see that I kind of think that they're somewhat similar players. Obviously some of them are at the top of the tier and ranked higher, but I think they have a similar range of outcomes is kind of the key phrase to be pointing towards there. Whereas guys in my tier two, I think are much better plays than then from guys in my tier four. It could be hard to kind of distinguish those. Okay, your RB24, how much do you like him more than your RB29? Is there really that big of a difference? Well, if they're in different tiers, yes, there is that big of a difference. If they're in the same tier, no, I think that they probably have a similar range of outcomes and it's probably gonna come down to touchdowns and overall receptions and those types of things. So now that you're here, now that I got your attention, hopefully you're as pumped. The Big Energy. If you're used to my channels, we have a new overlay and you can see the logo up in the screen. It's a lightning bolt, it's an S for my name. Big Energy, the brand released last week. We're gonna have some merch as well uh, very, very soon on this channel and just be branding around that stuff. So I'm actually really excited about that. Um, somebody helped me out with all the logo and all that stuff. We're going to have new overlays. So exciting stuff to say the least. But with all that said, let's start it off. In the first tier, McCaffrey, Saquon, and Zeke. Look, I have these guys all in the same tier. I think if you really wanted to, you could put Zeke second overall. If you really wanted to, you could put Saquon first overall. I would disagree with it, but I think that they all have similar ranges of outcomes. Now, why do I have them all in the same tier? I mean, you can say whatever you want about the actual rankings, McCaffrey, uh, Saquon, and Zeke. That's the way that I like it. I think that's kind of the standard way across the industry, but I think that pretty much they all have the similar upside right if Zeke I mean in this offense Zeke has the ability to score 20 touchdowns like McCaffrey and like Aaron Jones did last year scoring 19 apiece. I think he has that ability and if Zeke is going to go out there and score 18 to 20 touchdowns in what seems to be potentially the best offense in the league or definitely the NFC at least in the Dallas Cowboys up there rivaling guys like in teams really like the Kansas City Chiefs at this point at least on paper well then yeah the red zone role for him if this team's going to be in the red zone a lot is going to be fantastic and if he just continues to be the guy who catches even if it's what he did last year 50 receptions right instead of his 60 plus reception season he had the season before that well then you're going to be in a nice spot with Ezekiel Elliott. So I think all those guys have a similar upside and ceiling. There's talking so much in camp right now about Saquon Barkley's pass catching ability. We already knew it. We saw it as rookie year. We saw it last year. I mean, his rookie year, Eli Manning was checking down to him, literally like 10 receptions a game. You can bake on Saquon to have a floor of like six receptions in PPR. He was coming out with like 10 fantasy points alone, just from his pass catching abilities. They got away from that a little bit last year. The injury might've been a reason why Daniel Jones actually showing some mobility, probably another reason why Now they did bring in Dion Lewis this year, but I don't think that's going to factor in too much. Everything in camp is about how Saquon Barkley, is being used as if he's Christian McCaffrey. They want that similar role for him. So obviously the upside is massive for him. So that's my tier one. These are the kind of tiers that probably are the first tier, not really going to shock anybody, but you can see on the screen as well right now, tier two, Alvin Kamara, fourth overall and Clyde edwards lair. This is really difficult as I record this because Alvin Kamara, the saints have kind of come out and said, we're willing to trade him. Kamara says, I'm going to not hold out, but he did not go to practice. And then two days ago, as of this recording, when you're watching it three days ago, Kamara shows up to his first practice after missing the first couple for no reason. And it seemed to be contract negotiation issues. So now that he shows up to practice, this could just be a situation where he's going to show up to practice he's going to get his camp in so that he can actually then hold out the new CBA pretty much says like if you show up to practice you'll accrue a year and then he doesn't actually have to be owned by the Saints next year in any type of way now there's a whole bunch of technicalities to it but pretty much Alvin Kamara can just show up to these practices for the next couple of days and then still hold out so there is a risk there and honestly if I'm drafting right now it is a toss-up fourth overall for me I still want to go running back at fourth overall between Kamara between Clyde Edwards assuming you're playing in like a PPR half PPR no special scoring format but those are the two guys in my tier two right now you can throw the next guy on this list that we're going to get to in a second in there. If you wanted to, it's really close at that point. Clyde edwards I do not mind taking him fourth overall. There were some concerns when Leonard Fournette was a free agent saying, oh, is he going to sign here? No, he did not. Now maybe there's some slight concerns if Adrian Peterson goes and, and ruins a backfield in something like Kansas City since Damian Williams is holding out. That's something that I'm crossing my fingers and hoping doesn't happen because then I would naturally move down Clyde Edwards-Lair some spots. But yeah, for right now, Clyde Edwards-Lair is going to be fifth overall. I mean, a guy who just caught so many balls last year and now there's no Damian Williams out there. They're probably they're talking about cutting DeAndre Washington, who I thought was actually not a threat threat. threat, but a guy who would be an RB2 in this backfield for Daryl Williams, who is Uh, somebody who was okay in SEC back, right? He was decent when he was in college. He was okay last year, but nothing stood off the page. Decent pass catcher, but Clyde Edwards-Lair is going to be that guy. And it looks like he can really take on a three down workload. In an offense where Patrick Mahomes averages over one and a half touchdowns per game, per game to his running backs. And these running backs last year saw 6.6 targets per game and 5.6 receptions per game. The guy in Clyde Edwards-Lair who caught 55 balls last year at LSU is going to thrive in that type of a format, let alone even if he doesn't get the 20 carries on the ground. If you've got Clyde Edwards-Lair seeing 12 carries on the ground and five to six targets per game, with high high touchdown upside obviously that's going to be fantastic for you especially if he then gets the workload on the ground so these are my first five guys these are my first two tiers let's move into now tier three and also tier four on the screen so you can see that right now on the screen it's not my entire tier four it's just the top of it and we'll get it to that when we get to that but it's going to be led off with joe mixon and i have joe mixon right now ahead of dalvin cook and i've to derrick henry these are for ppr formats if this was non-ppr i would be going derrick henry above those guys and derrick henry would probably right now be my fourth overall pick ahead of alvin kamara due to his contract negotiations and slightly ahead of Clyde Ebert to but joe mixon right now me. Is number six. And honestly, I'm not, I don't really mind putting Mixon up to five or four at this point because he signed his contract. They just gave him a four year extension. And based on the money that he's getting, I think he's going to see more than the 2.8 targets per game that he got last year. And towards the second half of last year, Mixon was balling out. Mixon was a top five running back towards the second half of last year. In overall usage, he was averaging over 120 yards per game after only seeing somewhere in the mid 70s in yards per game for the first half of the season. His targets went up. His overall yardage went up just on the ground and in the receiving game. Everything was going up. His touchdowns went up. His snapshot was going up. Uh, his receptions, his route runs, every single thing Thing was going up, and the guy who they signed the Giovanni Bernard at the beginning of last year to a two-year extension was just being phased out of the offense. Now that Mixon was signed for a four-year deal, and they're saying, you know what, you're our guy. You're probably going to finish your career, not finish it here, but your your last big contract is going to be with us at this point. You're our guy. We're going to use a, you a little bit more. I like that a lot. Yes, the offensive line is an issue right now, but a brand new offense all in there at this point. I mean, there's a lot to like at this point when you have Joe Burrow taking over the offense. AJ Green is back. Say what you want about him; he at least looks healthy at this point and over the hamstring issues and the foot issues. Then you have other weapons on the offense that are going to be there now. Uh, Drafting T. Higgins was a little bit banged up. John Ross comes back healthy. They're really deep at wide receiver with Auden Tate and Tyler Boyd and all these guys. So I think the offense is going to be fine. It just comes down to what that offensive line can do, and they do get back offensive lineman Jonah Williams. Dalvin Cook is seventh right now, and he's seventh here because I think he's the biggest threat to holding out. Right, Dalvin Cook could easily be fourth, but he's a much scarier holdout risk at this point because he pretty much said he, he he just said in an interview and also tweeted like, "Do not draft me in your fantasy leagues. Do not expect me to be playing week one." He said that it could just be a fugazi, right? It could just be smoke to try and get the organization to do something. He is at least threatening holdout. And if he's going to threaten holdout in a similar way that Melvin Gordon did, and we don't know at this point, he easily can if he doesn't show up to the field and doesn't play and he's going to miss two to four weeks. Well, then there you go. That's why he's seventh overall. It's really hard for him to recoup that when some of these other players that have signed deals like Joe Mixon that are rookies and going to play like Clyde Edwards and some of the mega elites up top are just going to get all 16 games. At least we can project them for, because it's really hard to project an injury for any of those players. So Dalvin Cook, if he signs a new deal by like hours after I record this, as I record this on Friday afternoon, so hopefully it doesn't to ruin this, but if he does, like we're prepared for it then he'll move up to probably my fourth overall spot until Evan Kamara signs a deal. And then he probably move down to five. Derrick Henry is eighth overall. It's just PPR scoring. I'm a lot higher on the passing offense here. I think that their Titans defense outperformed themselves last year. I think they're going to regress a little bit. I think the efficiency, literally the number one quarterback in the league for yards per attempt and all other metrics, play action, offense in general, Ryan Tannehill, that's naturally just going to drop. And I think if the efficiency drops, the volume has to increase in the passing game. So there goes more passes just in general, if their defense gets worse, and they're now in situations where they're trailing by 10 or more, more often than they were last year. then I think Derek Henry's carries go down a little bit. Now Derrick Henry can improve in the receiving department and he's still a top eight back for me, but I just prefer guys like Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook due to their pass catching abilities, assuming that Dalvin Cook is actually going to suit up this year. But Derrick Henry takes a little bit of a drop in PPR formats. Again, in non-PPR formats, he's right now my RB4 and then in half point, he's still a top five guy. So there's just PPR formats specifically. Let's go down a little bit more. We'll kind of just talk through these tiers as we get to the bigger tiers. Tier four at running back is just a huge tier for me. It's like 10 running backs at this one. Let's see exactly how many. Yeah. So it's pretty much like 11 running backs. It starts at Nick Chubb, number nine overall, if you're listening on the podcast. And this is what. It is. I'll say the names and I'll kind of talk about some things, some close players. Nick Chubb, nine overall. Then we go 10, Miles Sanders. 11, Kenyon Drake. 12, Austin Eckler. 13, Josh Jacobs. 14, Todd Gurley. 15, Aaron Jones. 16, Melvin Gordon. 17, Chris Carson, eighteen, Jonathan Taylor, and nineteen, David Johnson. That's tier four. It is, I believe, like pretty much one of my biggest tiers up until like the final couple of tiers that are just a bunch of like secondary handcuff type players and third string running backs that have pass catching upside. So starting it up top, the reason I have Nick Chubb ahead of all these guys is just pretty much the workload. He gets Kevin Stefanski more two tight end sets, more play action, and just pound the ball with an improved offensive line. Drafting Jedrick Willis in the draft for out of Bama for the Cleveland Browns and signing Jack Conklin, who is a Tennessee offensive lineman. So you have Nick Chubb going there. Yes, I know Kareem Hunt's there. Yes, I know that Kareem Hunt in eight games was able to outproduce. With Nick Chubb did in the entire season in the receiving department. That's fine. If Nick Chubb drops to 20 receptions or 15 receptions, that's not great. He had 298 carries last year on the ground. He actually had one of the worst efficiencies inside the five and 10 yard line, which is just bad luck at that point, And also a bad offensive line. So I think you're going to actually see more touchdowns for him. Somebody who I would project to see around 50 plus touches in the red zone this year, as he did last year and just be more efficient there. Somebody to see over 300 total touches yet again this season, if not on the ground alone. So I do like Nick Chubb there. The concerns are his pass catching role, but I think it's okay. Number 10, Miles Sanders. Now my Sanders can easily jump to number nine ahead of Nick Chubb they're also close that's why they're in the same tier but Miles Sanders at this point the Eagles cut all their running backs except for Corey Clement Miles Sanders and Boston Scott you know what that tells me Miles Sanders is fully healthy this hamstring is not a real thing I mean it's not a thing anymore It was very mild they said um, nowhere near severe and he's been practicing shadow practicing which he would not be doing if he was actually hurt the fact that they only kept three running backs on the roster one of them being Corey Clement tells me that they feel pretty confident in Miles Sanders health at this point he's a top 10 running back for me looking to take a huge step forward as he did during the final six weeks of last year and then it's a lot of guys Guys who look very similar. Kenny Drake's still in a walking boot, but there's been no concerns or at least speculation that he's going to miss any time. I have him one spot ahead of, ahead of Austin Eckler, who I think are very similar players. Austin Eckler was not taking any red zone work in the final week in camp, which is a concern. They were giving it all to Joshua Kelly uh, because Justin Jackson was out of practice with a foot injury. So if Eckler doesn't get the red zone work and it's Melvin Gordon's season for Joshua Kelly, I mean load up on Joshua Kelly at that point. I think he's a nice late round pick right now, the running back. Justin Jackson nursing a foot injury. Josh Jacobs is 13th, just because of the fact that I'm not really concerned, I'm not really sure about his pass catching ability. Right? I know his pass catching ability is good, but they're signing everybody at this point. They've signed so many guys. Theo Riddick, all these guys aren't going to make the team. They're probably going to be cut maybe by the time you're watching this, some of them. But Devontae Booker, Theo Riddick, uh, Jalen Richard, they signed to a pretty big deal the first thing they did in the offseason way, way back in like February, right? January. They drafted Lynn Bowden, who's a pass catching specialist out of the backfield. So all these guys who are going to be pass catching specialists are not all going to make the team. They're going to compete with each other to probably be the satellite back. They like Jalen Richard a lot. So if Josh Jacobs isn't going to catch, I don't know, they said they wanted to catch like 40, 50 balls last year is what they were trying to project at the end of the season if he's not going to be doing that and now you're only going to be getting again like one reception per game to maybe two for Josh Jacobs he's only going to catch 20 balls that does put him behind guys like Eckler and Kenny Drake and Miles Sanders who just have a better cast patching upside and it puts him behind Nick Chubb because I think Nick Chubb is surely in line for 300 plus touches when I think Eckler might still hang around the 250 overall touch mark I'm higher on Todd Gurley than most people I I know most people think he's just washed he's looked fantastic in camp but Sal the first day of camp uh, one beat reporter said that he saw him limping uh, literally every other report from a coach, every other report from any other beat writer I've seen has said that he's looked fantastic. He's looked quick. He showed burst. He's shown cutting ability. He looks just like he did two years ago. I don't think, I mean, I don't know if that's completely true, but I have him 14th overall. There's no other running backs in this backfield. You think Brian Hill, terrible. You think Brian Hill is going to get any work? Very bad running back. You think Ito Smith at this point, who's been injured and they're kind of just pushing him down the depth chart is going to get any work. No, I think that Todd Gurley in an offense, that's going to throw a ton and he can catch the ball in an offense. that's going to be in the red zone a ton. And he's a very good red zone running back 50 plus touches again, last year for the Rams Double touchdowns again for Todd Gurley. I think he's a very strong option. Aaron Jones is here. There's not much to say on the guys at the bottom of tier four. They all look pretty similar. Like Aaron Jones, uh, some competition, I think people are overblowing AJ Dillon at this point. Melvin Gordon and Chris Carson both look very similar to me. Guys who can probably get somewhere around 260, 280 total touches this year comes down to touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor is somebody that I like. I have him as my RB18. I'm being aggressive on him. He's going like around RB22, RB23 often in drafts. I just want to be aggressive here. He had a standout camp. Marlon Mack also had a good camp. It's what we expect now. Jonathan Taylor probably is not going to be the main guy until maybe a month or two into the season. But if he's very similar to Miles Sanders was last year in the second half of the season or the final 10 games are all the Jonathan Taylor show. And he's still involved, like say 40 or 50% of the time for those first 46 weeks. And he can still be a flex option for you. I like that as my RB three with upside, depending on how you draft. And then to close out this tier, you have David Johnson, who I'm not really high on David Johnson. I don't have many shares. Look, Duke Johnson still a good pass catcher. I'm not really thrilled about the idea that Deshaun Watson doesn't throw and check down to his running backs. I'm not really thrilled that David Johnson is terrible in between the tackles. And that's all this offense does. And all the Bill O'Brien offenses have ever really done. Look at Carlos Hyde last year. And that's exactly why David Johnson is my last option in this tier. Like he's a starting running back that he's going to profile out to be somebody to probably catch 40, around 40 passes. Honestly, if he's healthy, maybe more than that, he's going to profile out to see somewhere around 15 carries per game on the ground. So if you're going to be getting 16 to 18 touches out of a guy, yeah, he's going to project out to be around the top 20 back for me. But that's why he's at the bottom of this tier, because I don't really like him all that much. We'll go through a couple more tiers now. And then if you want the rest again, they're in the Supreme draft guide. Give me a second of your time. If you could please hit that like button for me. It really does help this channel grow and prosper and all those things. It's just me here researching, editing, uploading, shooting the videos, all that marketing. So if you do appreciate this time, it takes a couple seconds of your time, totally free to do so hitting the subscribe and the like button. So you can see right here, tier five, who is it starting off with? Uh, Tier five right now, I believe it has in it. If I quickly look at this nine running backs or eight running backs, if you quickly look at it, it's starting off with Antonio Gibson. Look, the news broke this morning. As of my recording, Antonio Gibson jumped from like RB 35 to RB 20 for me. It's just hard for him not to. They end up losing Darius guys. He gets cut for doing an awful thing or allegedly an awful thing. It seems like it they ended up cutting Adrian Peterson. And now they're left with JD McKissick, who's a satellite back, who seems fine. Peyton Barber, who's I don't expect to really do anything for this team. At least hopefully he's not going to be getting a lot of work early down. And for the most of the season, maybe early on, but I think he's going to easily get beat out. Like Ronald Jones was so awful and he was still seeing 40 or 50 percent of the snaps for the Bucs last year over Peyton Barber a lot of the time. And there's Bryce Love, who Bryce Love had a good start to camp, but then got shut down the final week or so, was not really doing much. And Gibson has just been lights out. Now, some beat reporters are saying Antonio Gibson's only going to be this, this weapon player, Tavon Austin, like satellite back, right? Guy was just going to be just doing some trick plays. I don't buy it. Every other beat writer, including the offensive coordinator and head coach, head coaches compared him to Christian McCaffrey, right? Ron Rivera, who coached Christian McCaffrey last year. That's a nice bonus for Antonio Gibson. The offensive coordinator and Scott Turner has literally said, I've never had a running back like this that can do everything, that can be our guy all three downs. So I'm supposed to believe a beat reporter who's just trying to show his ego and show his 16,000 subscribers or followers on Twitter uh, that this is only going to be a trick player guy when the offensive coordinator is literally telling you he's never seen a guy like this. He's never coached a guy like this. He wants him to be his guy. And they go and they cut a Hall of Famer who had 230 touches last year in this offense in Adrian Peterson. You think most of those touches are going to go to JD McKissick or Bryce Love? I don't think so. The first crack is for Antonio Gibson. And based on his skill set and profile and his pass catching ability, he's going to look like a very very good option. I have him above some of these other rookies in this tier, like Cam Akers, who's my overall RB23. So I'll, I'll read off tier five right now for but anybody listening on the podcast. It is Antonio Gibson, Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, Cam Akers, Kareem Hunt is 24, 25 is DeAndre Swift, 26 is Leonard Fournette, and 27 is Devin Singletary. So towards the bottom of this tier it starts to get a little bit murky at the running back options. Hopefully you've already drafted three by this point. So you feel really good about your running backs, at least in my opinion. Especially if you're in a two flex league. But let Le'Veon Bell at 21, James Conner at 22. I don't really feel great about these guys. Um I think both of their backfields are kind of loaded. I think both of their coaching staffs. I mean, James Conner's coaching staff is willing to give him the ball. I just think that this guy's going to break. He just can't stay healthy at this point. I don't think he's that athletic of a running back. The best running back in that backfield is Anthony McFarland, the rookie out of Maryland, I believe. So I'm not really too confident in James Conner if he stays healthy. He's probably going to finish as a top 15 running back. I just don't think he stays healthy. Not at all. Le'Veon Bell at 21. I don't feel great about that either. I'd rather have Antonio Gibson. And now you start to get to some guys who look pretty nice. Cam Akers. Darrell Henderson is going to be banged up, if not out for week one. Cam Akers is going to have this entire backfield. Darrell Henderson nursing a hamstring injury. That looks pretty good to start the season off. A bad offensive line for sure. He had that also in college, the fourth worst in college football last year for Cam Akers, and he still was able to produce a very good season. He's a good pass protector. He's a good pass catcher. He's a good runner, and a strong runner breaks tackles a lot. Then you have 24th overall, Kareem Hunt. Pass catching ability is going to make him a top 25 back for me. DeAndre Swift was nursing an injury. He's been practicing now in a limited fashion in camp. I like him. I don't expect him to start the season off as a starter. Otherwise, he'd be a top 20 running back for me. It's going to be Kerryon Johnson. they will probably be in a committee for the first four to six weeks. And at some point, DeAndre Swift's pass-catching ability and just being better all, all around, if not just from Kerryon Johnson hurting his knee for the third straight year. I think Swift is going to be somebody who really pops off this year. I think he was the best running back in the entire draft, actually. Leonard Fournette jumps in as 26. It's mainly off of touchdowns. I think in this offense, he'll be the 1A to a guy in Ronald Jones, maybe being the 1B. They said that they're going to give Ronald Jones the first crack at it. I don't expect him to really hold off Leonard Fournette. I think it'll maybe even be a 50-50 timeshare. But I think Fournette is going to be more so the goal line back, which makes him a top 30 running back. Devin Singletary to close out tier five. Devin Singletary just continues to drop for me. He continues to fumble. You saw the Roto World blurb on Twitter, fumbling a lot. So Zach Moss is quickly, quickly going to surpass him. So the guys at these bottom of these tiers are the guys that are pretty much just probably never going to be drafting all that much because I'd rather just look at different positions at that point. Let me just wait a little bit more and get a guy at the top of the next tier. Let me see who's left in the top or the middle of my wide receiver tier, my tight end tier, right? So guys like Leonard Fournette and Devin Singletary, I'm probably not drafting often, whereas everybody else above them, I am. So now we can look at tier six. Now it starts with my RB28 and Mark Ingram. 20, 29 most start 30 James White 31 David Montgomery who seems to be recovering quicker uh, at least from beat writers saying than people thought maybe he only misses the first week or two a uh, groin injury so it could be re-triggered 332 is Ronald Jones and then 33 is Zach Moss now this is an interesting tier because the guy at the bottom in Zach Moss at RB 33 I mentioned that I'm not drafting a lot of guys that are at the bottom this is a different scenario Zach Moss he could easily be the top of tier 7 but I think he's worthy of being in tier 6 meaning that I think his range of outcomes is easily outproducing James White Montgomery due to his injury Ronald Jones uh Raheem start Mark Ingram. Honestly, I think he could be a top 25 back and actually outproduce Devin Singletary. Singletary is fumbling a ton in practice. They're already saying that Zach Moss is going to be the goal line back. They're already saying that he's a better pass catcher at this point and he's a bigger body back in general, better broken tackles guy than Devin Singletary. Singletary has not been having a good camp. He's had like one or two good practices and he's been fumbling a ton. All negative sentiment, whereas Zach Moss arrow is pointing way, way up and he's a third round pick. So it's not like he's got any schlump draft capital on him. So Zach Moss at RB33, I like a lot. The rest of tier six, Mark Ingram is just meh. Raheem Mostard, I'm never drafting at this point. I'm just never, I'm below consensus on him. He's going as like RB26, 25 right now. I'm just never going to get Raheem Mostar. He's in a backfield with Jarek McKinnon, with even Jeff Wilson, but Jarek McKinnon and Tevin Coleman, who I think are just as equal plays. I think they're just as good as him. Mostar who's 28 and a half, almost 29 years old, had like four good games in his NFL career last year. So everybody wants to jump up and down about him. Whereas I think a guy being taken like 10 rounds later and Jarek McKinnon can have just as good of a season. And honestly, for me, looks like that. Same exact thing for Tevin Coleman going like three or four rounds later. So yeah, my, my, my tier six is not a tier I'm really looking at since David Montgomery- got hurt. The only guys in my tier six I'm really interested in, James White at RB30 looks appealing to me, especially since Fournette didn't go there. We'll see what happens with Adrian Peterson. And then Zach Moss at RB33. Those are my main targets in tier six. Let's move on now to tier seven. Again, all the tiers for every single positions and every single player and all that stuff, all updated. My top 150 profiles, my top 150 rankings, all this stuff is in the Supreme Draft Guide. Just $10 rooskies if you are eligible, link down below. And if you're not eligible because of the state that you live in, Monkey Knife Fight is the sponsor of this video and the draft guide. The promo code poor. capital letter for for each of those new words in there, make Sal and poor all one word. We'll get you half off on my site link below in the description, fantasy sports focus. If you're not eligible to get it for $10 to try and help you out there as well, only for the people who watch this video. So we get into tier seven now, and it's going to be a big tier. And then tier eight will be the biggest tier. This is made up of about, I don't know, close to 15 running backs for tier seven. It starts off with Matt Breida, who I think is pretty close to getting into tier six right now. Look, this Miami backfield has been just so quiet. So this is what tier seven is going to look like. The first five guys in it, RB 34, Matt Breida, then it goes to 35 Cohen, 36, Philip Lindsay, 37, Jordan Howard, also in Miami's backfield and 38 Tevin Coleman. So I do prefer Matt Burita over Jordan Howard. I'd honestly expect Jordan Howard to get more carries, but I think it's going to be close and Matt Burita to be more of a pass catching guy and just pick up more catches. If he picks up 35 receptions this year, Matt Burita, if he actually can stay healthy, I think that's going to outdo probably Jordan Howard's like, I don't know, 10 receptions, eight receptions and be enough to pick up that yardage and the PPR format receptions to outdo him. That's why he's my RB 34. Now I really want to be shooting for upside in these rounds. So guys like Tariq Cohen do look good right now, since there is an injury to David Montgomery and they haven't brought anybody else in, but guys like Philip Lindsay, I'm not that interested in Jordan Howard. I'm not that interested in the upside. Howard really has to get you there with like a six to eight touchdown season. And I just prefer Matt uh, RB 38 is Tevin Coleman. I do prefer him to Raheem Mostar, but he's not a guy that I want to get to. I don't like the San Fran backs unless it's the cheapest one. Jarek McKinnon is a guy that I like the most out there because he's the cheapest one. And he could just as easily as Raheem Mostar or Tevin Coleman be the number one running back in this offense by week six or week seven, right? So I don't want to be spending up for other guys that have just as easy as a chance, at least in my opinion. And you get to some other guys in this tier RB 39, Chris Thompson, 40, Daniel- Damian Harris, who is dealing with an injured finger right now, might miss week one. So we might have to account for that. RB 41 and JK Dobbins. 42 and Rykel Armstead. And I'll go down to the bottom of this tier now. We'll go all the way down as we talk about some of these players here. 42 is Rykel Armstead. 43 is Kerryon Johnson. 44 is Marlon Mack. 45 is Duke Johnson. And then you can see the rest on the screen. Tony Pollard, Latavius Murray, and Divine Ezebo all the way up to 48. 49 is not on the screen right now, but it's Alexander Madison. So a lot of high-end backups, right? Tony Pollard, Duke Johnson will have his own independent pass catching ability, hopefully. Uh, Latavius Murray, high-end backup, Alexander Madison. Not much to say there, right? They're good backups behind either really good offensive lines, in good offenses, or behind workhorse running backs with nobody else behind them. You can see on the screen, with something that might stand out to you, all the Jacksonville Jaguars backups. For PPR formats, I do like Chris Thompson the most. He's my RB39. He's in an offense with his former head coach and Jay Gruden that is out of Washington. He's a guy that I don't really expect to do much, but at least have a nice pass catching upside out of all these backs. Uh, Rykel Armstead is probably going to be the guy who gets the best crack at it, has the best speed score, uh, best overall measurables when it comes to the NFL combine. But if you're just talking about the opportunity for a PPR format, I think he's going to be outdone by Chris Thompson. And I think he's just going to split the work down the middle with guys like. Divine Azebo, who looks like the best athletic running back in this backfield. Jacksonville also has James Robinson in this backfield, but I don't know if he'll get enough work to really constitute that unless there's an injury. So Divine Azebo at RB48 might actually be, if you're talking about Dynasty, my favorite running back here, if you're talking about half point PPR or non-PPR, he's probably my favorite running back. He might move up a little bit more for me, but Chris Thompson, if you're looking at PPR options, especially if you're trying to get guys like Tariq Cohens, Philip Lindsay, maybe some of these guys that you can rely on, Matt Breida, that are main, mainly just going to be pass catchers for you and zero RB builds. That's where I would start to prefer Chris Thompson over some of the other ones. of the veterans who are probably going to start the years as the starters and at some point get overtaken like Carrion Johnson and Marlon Mack. So not as interested in them at this point. I think Carrion Johnson might have a little bit stronger of a hold on that job since in camp, Jonathan Taylor was fantastic behind Mack, but DeAndre Swift was just banged up for most of the camp beyond Carrion Johnson. So it might take him a couple extra weeks to pass over Carrion Johnson at that point. And that's it. I mean, that's it. The other guy to talk about in the range is JK Downs. I think Damian Harris, I'd rather have James White. I'm probably passing on Damian Harris now because of his finger injury at this point. Uh, and then JK Downs is moving up. They're saying good things about J.K. Dobbins. Some people are putting them in like his top 25 running backs. I don't think that's the case at this point. You still have Gus Edwards there who, yes, Dobbins might overtake right away as the RB2, but he's still going to be factored in. You still have Mark Ingram, who I don't like. He's a do not draft player for me, but I'm not yet there to say that Mark Ingram, somebody who was a huge player, not only in your locker room, but a veteran presence that goes for a very efficient season, over a thousand yards. The whole entire team loves him, gets you to the playoffs. He's pretty much like your captain out there. I don't think they're just going to automatically let J.K. Dobbins roll. I think after this year, they will, but that's why he's my RB41 with definitely upside on him, but I prefer pretty much all the other rookie backs at this point. And those are my top 50 players. I'll look at tier 8. I'll preview some of tier 8. Tier 8 is literally going to be like 25 names. And towards the end of it, I mean, I can scroll through on YouTube. You're going to start to get to some names you probably don't like, like Keyshawn Vaughn at this point, like Anthony McFarlane, like third string running backs, right? Frank Gore, Carlos uh, Hyde, and guys who are free agents are towards the bottom. Um, Rashad Penny, who's going to be hurt for like half the season, probably. So that's where you get towards the bottom. We can just focus on the top guys going out to like RB 60. So it starts at RB 50, my tier 8, my final tier for the PPR rankings. Starts with Boston Scott. Again, Philly only kept three. Running backs. He's a good pass catching running back uh, behind Miles Sanders, who has been getting nicked up. Like last year was pretty quiet, but he left a couple of games last year, Miles Sanders, because of injuries. He's nicked up in this camp with a hamstring injury. So it's going to be Boston Scott, Chase Edmonds, a high end backup, a lot of high end backups here, right? Errol Henderson maybe finds himself in a committee. PPR format, Naeem Himes had a very good camp, was getting a lot of check downs from Phillip Rivers. We'll see if that carries over. He'll have some games where he catches six balls and some games where he literally gets you zero points. I to the range where I don't like these guys. RB 54, Sony Michelle 55. I like McKinnon compared to the other backs. McKinnon's like one of the guys I'm drafting late. There's like two guys I'm really drafting late. It's Jarek McKinnon at RB55, and it's probably going to be Joshua Kelly, RB57. I'm going to start to draft Bryce Lovemore, who right now Bryce Love and JD McKissick, I believe are a couple of spots down. So JD McKissick is my RB59. Bryce Love's my RB60. Those guys can go up a couple of spots, right? I mean, all these guys, when it's Joshua Kelly, JD McKissick, Bryce Love, they could surpass Sony Michelle and Naeem Himes and Daryl Henderson and be like my RB52, 53s. It's like the difference of four or five spots. It's literally the difference of like a touchdown or a couple of receptions. So yeah, it's just more, backups. Benny Snell right right now seems to be the RB2. Joshua Kelly's getting all the red zone work and Justin Jackson is hurt. So he might, as a rookie out of UCLA, uh, take over the backup job or maybe even the 50-50 job, the Melvin Gordon role with the Chargers. So this is what this looks like right now. Those are pretty much my top 60 running backs. The rest of the way I can scroll through here. It's pretty much just a bunch of dumpster fire names down here that maybe you're going to pick like one of these guys in like your 20th round. At least for me, I'm not drafting anybody after like Bryce Love goes off the board. I try and get four running backs early. Maybe I'll snag a McKissick or a a Bryce Love or a, a Joshua. Kelly with my fifth running back pick later on in the draft. But if they all go, I'm fine with my four running backs that I get in like the first six rounds. And I'll roll with those guys because trying to draft like Keyshawn Vaughn, Rex Burkett, Darrington Evans, there's so many better wide receivers you could be taking. And then you could just pick up a fifth running back if you need to during the season. So we'll scroll back to the top now. I appreciate you tuning in. Those are the RB tiers. They're going to be updated as the week goes on because I'm sure we're going to get more news. If you want to get the updated tiers, rankings, top 150s, player profiles, key stats databases for running backs in every single other position like we did for this video, where you can see everything, unlock it all, $10 down below on Monkey Knife Fight or thanks to monkey knife fight they're going to sponsor it there's a little link to show you how to get it for just ten dollar ruskies i'm sure your drafts are coming up the more informed you are the better the chance that you actually have to win so thank you so much for tuning into this be sure to check that out and before you go if you can totally free to support this channel like button for me and also the big old subscribe button that's popping up that really does help go a long way you all rock thank you so much my name is sal vetri and i'll see you in the next one